Welcome to Do I Need My Racket podcast, brought to you by In Her Name Foundation. I am Cindy Swain, your host, and I am happy to be back after a brief pause while I recover from spinal surgery. My rehab process is still ongoing, but I have my voice back and my strength is improving. And most importantly, as I promised, back sharing stories, sharing rackets, adding more brush strokes, person by person, story by story, racket by racket, to this amazing podcast tapestry we started over a year ago. This podcast is episode number 12 called, Just How Did She Do That? Well, there are two words that come to mind when I think about trying to describe my guest for this show. Accomplished humility, meaning someone that is very accomplished and humble all the same. That is Christine Cleland Hersey, an accomplished, very accomplished athlete, teacher, and coach at Mason High School in Mason, Michigan. We've all been in conversations with people that are accomplished and not humble. We backpedal. We try using body language cues by looking down or away or looking generally uninterested in the conversation. And sometimes we have the feeling that we want to just run away. After spending time with Christy Hersey, you feel that accomplished humility and want to gravitate towards her. She draws you in, makes you feel a part of something, engages you in conversation. Her energy is magnetic and you leave the conversation wanting more. Before the interview even started, after setting up my equipment, I had realized I left my power cord to the podcast soundboard at home. And I really think I was meant to do that. Me feeling like an idiot, but Christy determined, we set off on a walk through the halls of Mason High School to find one. We went to the library, to the main office, to the media, asking staff for keys or asking if there was anyone around to help us. This 45-minute walk was really where the interview started. What fascinated me most was how many students in the hallways or teachers in classrooms said hello. Students that said, I miss being in your class, Mrs. Hersey. One by one, she greeted them with accomplished humility, remembering something specific about each person she met, an exchange student's surprise visit with his parents over Thanksgiving, a group of girls that had just received their CPR certification, another student talking to her about a serious medical condition. She greeted them, each by name, making them feel important, valued, and a part of something. Our walk actually turned into a treasure hunt. The final prize, yes, we did find a power cord, but each interaction was like a golden coin that filled the basket. What a gift she is, I thought. Christy Hersey is beloved at Mason High School, and she should be. And with an enrollment around 900 students, I think she knows them all by name. She's the teacher you'd want every kid to have and the coach you'd want to play for and is humbly unaware of all of that. So yes, the best thing I did that afternoon was forget my power cord to the podcast soundboard. There's more I want to share about her before we get to the interview. Here are some of her accomplishments. 
Christy graduated from East Lansing High School in 1992 and still holds the record in girls basketball for career assists, assists per game, and assists per season. She was awarded 11 varsity letters, captain of seven different teams, named the first Capital Aries Activities Conference Girls Basketball Player of the Year. She was All-State in basketball, volleyball, and soccer. Christy went on to college in NCAA Division III school, Albion College in Albion, Michigan. There, she was awarded 12 varsity letters in basketball, soccer, and softball. Six times first team MIAA, which is the Michigan Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Conference MVP in 1996 for soccer. She was the first female athlete in the 108-year history of the Michigan Intercollegiate Athletic Association to ever be named first team all-conference in three sports in the same year, basketball, soccer, and softball. She was captain of eight different teams, an academic All-American in soccer and softball, graduated magna cum laude in 1996, and in 2007, she was inducted to the Albion College Sports Hall of Fame. Christy went on to get her master's degree from Michigan State University in 2007. And in the summer of 2023, Christy Cleveland Hersey was inducted to the Greater Lansing Sports Hall of Fame. Wow, that's the accomplished part. For the humility, well, you need to listen to the interview. So for today's podcast, I am in Mason, Michigan at Mason High School with Christy Hersey, and uh, happy to have you on the show today. Yes, thank you very much. It's been nice meeting with you and spending time with you. Oh, it's been great. Uh, we had to do a little run around to find a power cord for my soundboard, but now we've uh, got our steps in and we're ready to go for the interview. We do have steps in. <laughs> <laughs> so... I ran across your name last summer because you were just inducted into the Greater Lansing Sports Hall of Fame. And I was reading about you and so intrigued. There's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. But one of the things that just jumped out to me was your senior year in college. You were the first female athlete in the 108th year of existence of the Michigan Interclastic Athletic Association that ever was awarded all conference in three sports. Yep. And th those sports were basketball, soccer, and softball. Yes. Yes. And the, you know, as I'm looking at these things on paper, first thing that came to my mind, just how did she do that? Yeah, it was a really great honor. And at the time when it kind of like came out, I was and I mean, I was really shocked just because I'd picked up softball kind of, um, you know, after high school, I didn't play in high mm -hmm. school. I played soccer because those uh, seasons run simultaneously. Right. Um, but my basketball coach coached soccer and she says, hey, 
yeah, you, you play softball, we would we need a second baseman. And so I just started playing softball. So that was a really big accomplishment. Yeah, you know, because I think your batting average I read was 400. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. <laughs> I mean, I don't, and, yeah. To this day, I always played slow pitch. I cannot hit a fastball. There's, you know, it's a totally different game. So I just was just absolutely amazed. But um, so you grew up in East Lansing, Michigan and went to high school there. And another stat that stands out to me because you graduated from high school in 1992 1992 yep and you still hold the career assist record in girls basketball yeah it was pretty fun I um somebody's daughter my, my parents are from East Lansing so said hey I think your daughter still has this record so I you know got this program and it was in there so it was kind of cool to still have that but like I told you before I love to pass the ball mm-hmm. I love to take care of it dribble it, pass it. So that was like one of the things that I really enjoyed doing. And the other thing that stands out both in high school and college, you were awarded team captain um, in high school, seven different teams, seven different captains. And I believe in college, um, captain of eight teams. So that speaks to your leadership skills, your team play, just kind of the person that you are. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, ever since I was young, I just loved being part of a team. I just wanted to be with my neighbor kids or be with my family or be on a team. And I really just had excitement and motivation and and a love for people. And I still have that to this day. I I love people. That's why I I teach, you know, high school. Right. I I like to interact with people, be with people. And um, I just really enjoyed getting to know each person on the team. It wasn't like I just came and went to practice and left. I really took time to get to know kids and you try to motivate kids and be a part of that and it was like mm-hmm. a family outside my own family right and it was that's been the one thing through the years that I've never wanted to give up so here I am coaching still and and teaching and teaching so tell us about <laughs> yeah. your coaching so you coach high school soccer here in, in Mason yep Girls soccer? Girls soccer. So I, I started at Mason in 99, mm-hmm. and I coached girls basketball and girls soccer um, when we had kids. In 2004, I pared down to one sport. When you had your own kids? Yep, when I had my own kids. So I went, just went to soccer. So I've been in the soccer program uh, 24 years now, and I've been head coach. This will be my 17th year. Your 17th year? Yeah. So what's your overall win record? You know what it um, is? You know, I am... I think I'm like eight games short of 200 wins. That's awesome. And that's the only reason why I know that is because my assistant, you know, did like a tally and he's like, hey, you're really close to 200 wins. I'm like, cool. I love that's it. That's really great. That's really great. So yeah, I'm pretty happy. We're not counting the losses though. <laughs> no, no, we don't have to. There we you don't go. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you grew up. You grew up in East Lansing and you, you ended up playing basketball four years, soccer four years, volleyball three, and then softball. Um, 11 varsity letters, all league basketball and volleyball, in all league and basketball and volleyball, all area soccer, all state basketball, volleyball, soccer. Like I said, captain of seven teams. You still hold the assist record. And also, this is just in high school. You're the first Capital Areas Activities Conference girls basketball player 
to be player of the year. The very first. Yep. They actually created that award around my senior year. Mm -hmm. So I was actually the first person to do it. Now they have it every year. So they they vote that in. So that was pretty cool because in my career, I mean, I didn't score lots of points. Like we just kind of talked about, I took care of the ball, I passed it. Um, And so it was kind of nice to be be a person who is in charge of, you know, in charge of the team as a point guard, but also didn't have the most points. Mm -hmm. Usually you have the most point people who get a lot of the recognition but right, was, but the assist people don't, yeah. really. The people so, that do all the grunt work, the the rebounding, the steals, the boxing out, and the assist, you don't really see those names in the paper. Not not, not normally. So yeah. um, what's interesting, I know you said I was raised in East Lansing, is there was no girls' soccer when I was young. Really? I don't know. Probably not when you were young either. No, we didn't have girls' soccer either. So when I wanted to play, because my neighborhood friends, my boy, I was just my neighborhood all boys. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, that shocks you after talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I wanted to play on the soccer team. So my parents reached out and I played on an all boys soccer team. At what grade? Third grade. Third grade. To eighth grade. To eighth grade. There was no girls soccer. Nope. In the late 80s, early 90s in East Lansing, you played on the boys team. I played on a boys team. Any other girls or just you? Just me. Wow. So, and that's really actually where I learned a lot of the soccer skill and, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that I still retain and know. But a lot of girls my age didn't play soccer. So you'll see, you'll talk to people and they'll be like, we didn't play when we were young because they didn't have it. They didn't have it. Yep. Well, my boys love to dress my daughter up in football gear and pads and then use her as, kick soccer, ball, soccer balls at her Okay. to see if they can knock her over. And uh, yeah. And so, so she probably doesn't like soccer. She doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to get her to play goalie in high school and she said, no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> yep. I think too, when, we were, when I was growing up, we ran in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, we played capture the flag. We played tackle football in the park. Right. Or we, kick the can or yeah. hide and seek. And those games that you yeah. could just kind of run. And then when it's dinner time, you just knew you need to be home by six yep. or, or else. Yep. Right. We rollerblade hockeyed, yep. you know, all of those things. So I think my entire background was lots of different uh, creative sports, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. kind of make up a sport and you play it and you do it. So that was that's a little different now. It is. And, and that's one of the things I want to get into um, is that kids younger and younger um, specialize so early because I'm looking at you and it's like, you don't, it's so rare to find a three and four sport high school athlete anymore. It's usually one, maybe two, and in their off season, they're off playing club ball somewhere for a sport. I think club sports has really changed the horizon of all sports, mm-hmm. uh, boys and girls. It you know kind of doesn't matter because it gives you, hey, if you're not playing this, I'm going to fall behind kind of mentality. It does. And um, I told somebody, I was like, I, I just don't think I would have liked that because I played multiple sports and I worked in the off season, mm-hmm. um, but I worked as an individual. You know, I didn't work with a club team or anything. Did, did Were there club teams available at that time? I don't think there were, were there? There were some A, I played some AAU basketball, mm-hmm. maybe like a couple years. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was like, we formed a soccer team that like played on the weekends. Kind of a travel team. Yeah, it was Okemos and East Lansing. Mm-hmm. And somebody coached us. And so we got some extra play from that. But it was nothing like the clubs that are out there now today. Yeah, I was just over Thanksgiving, you know, talking with some friends and they this um, friend of ours is, has a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and she's talking about the pressure it is to sign kids up early and how the, the mentality is. What she said is just heartbreaking is that 
I don't know if there's a place for my kids to play sports when they get older because everybody's got to be on a club team and, and be headed towards, you know, scholarship or college or whatever. And it, it just for people to actually think that because kids are really missing out on just the opportunity and one being active as you teach PE. Yes. And two, the advantages of playing sports because you learn to communicate responsibility, organize your schedule, you know, all those good things. Um, where do you think this is headed? I think the specialization is here to stay, uh, whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I coach a sport and my kids playing in the club teams helps their skills. Oh, sure. Um, you know, some of the things with soccer out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to play multi- multiple sports, we we do, re, you know, support that 100%. Um, but I think the specialization is here to stay. And, and I don't love it. I just think that's the the that's the way that people are going to be. And I think it just starts, you know, we, I was around some people that they had to leave a social function early because their eight-year-old second grade daughter was trying out for a travel soccer team mm-hmm. at eight. Yep. So they start early. People have asked me about that. And, you know, I tell people, you know, the specialization, you have to, you know, try it out and see if that's what your, if your kid doesn't like that sport, it's not the way to go at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really tried to balance when I was, you know, growing up, I'd play some, you know, I'd play some basketball in the morning and then I would go out and do some stuff in the afternoon. And so I would try to do that individual, but you just don't see that creativity and that kids doing those things by themselves anymore. It's all organized, mm-hmm. which does, I see it when I watch kids in gym class, yeah. the Zed class, I'm like, hey, does anyone know how to play tennis? And they're like, no. Yeah. I mean, you got like four people out of you know 30 that know how to play a racket sport, right. which is so different. Right. So I really enjoyed playing, you know, tennis and rollerblading and, oh, yeah. you know, those sports that you do outside sometimes yep. with families, ride a bike, Biking, you know, yep. or throw the Frisbee. Yeah. We used to do that a lot in the front yard when I was growing up. Frisbee or we throw the football or we'd play catch with the softball or baseball. Oh yeah. Or... Pop, pop flies all day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't see that spontaneous play so much anymore. It's all scheduled first you know part of it's safety i understand that in the neighborhoods that you're in but it's all scheduled and so i see kids when you put them in something they just don't know that they haven't done they just were like i i I can't do this i can't do it i i I can't figure it i'll give you an example this last spring i was coaching tennis we had a long wait between the regional and the state tournament and so for a couple of days i thought we'll practice for an hour and then we're just going to do something that we've not done one day we did kickball. One day we did pickleball. One day we did foursquare. And some of those kids were just completely out of their element. And I thought to myself, I said, we should probably do this more than when yep. just these three days. Yep. Um, we try to, in physical education here, we have a really good team. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's me and two other men, Andrew Chapin and Mike Hammers. Mm-hmm. And we try to introduce all the sports. And we want kids to play everything. So we do cornhole and can jam and I love can jam. Yep, and tennis <laughs> and spike ball. Mm-hmm. We do some of those individual games that people kind of maybe miss out on, along with the team ones: basketball, mm-hmm. volleyball. Uh, we like badminton a lot, but it's kind of like you you introduce. Uh, we try to introduce all these sports to these kids, and I said, I hope that you like something. You know, like if something sticks, we're going to be successful there. It, you know, that's what I was going to ask you is. Um, 
So when you're teaching, I mean, obviously, you're a very high-energy person. We just walked all over the school looking for a power cord, you know, <laughs> and kids love you. They're saying hi. They want back in your class. You know everybody in the school, all the teachers in this. So when you're teaching, I'm assuming you take that energy in there, but what's the one thing when you're teaching a class, what's the one thing, if you could pick it up, one thing that you want a kid to take away from your class? I would like kids that don't like sports and activity to like one thing from my class because then that could make a difference. Um, I had a, another friend of mine, a teacher, and she said, hey, coming from a, a parent, my kid did not like, doesn't like phys ed, but she enjoyed your class. And I said, well, that's great. That's a success right there. It's a great success. I mean, it's, I tell kids all the time, it doesn't matter how good you are. It matters that you try and that you can have a good attitude. And that changes everything. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a great life lesson. Oh, yeah. So what do you think since coming out of the pandemic? And in, in, I've talked to other coaches and um, parents about just getting kids reconnected and moving. It's been interesting. I think... Um, from a social standpoint, it's been hard. From a physical standpoint, it's been hard unless you have something, you know, the outdoors was was good, like mm-hmm. having an outdoor time. But mm-hmm. I think I think moving is really important for a whole. When we were online, you know, teaching and we were trying to, kids would sit at computers. I felt like a little, like there was not a lot of energy or people interested in mm-hmm. doing other things. But now I feel like kids are getting back into it and they're really enjoying physical education. They're enjoying outdoor activities. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to really promote, you know, different things that kids Just can do. Just to get do. kids moving and engaged yep. in something. Yep. I think that's really critical because, you know, if they're engaged in a social activity or, you know, a sport, they're not behind a computer. Yep. They're not on their phone. I um, had a kid last trimester. It was really great. I said, um, you know, what did, one thing you liked from physical education? And he said, I really, I really didn't like everything, but thank you, Mrs. Hersey, for making everything fun. Nice. So I was like, okay, I really appreciate that because yeah. I put a lot of time and effort into being organized and making sure everybody has a, a chance to try everything. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. You know, getting back to... Um, you know, the kids or the parents feeling like they have to have their kid on a travel team when they're in second grade or, and this is for all sports. I mean, I've seen it in basketball, volleyball, um, you know, tennis. Uh, there's just high pressure to get kids in sports early. What advice would you have to parents when they're looking at that daunting task and they've got, you know, a couple of kids that are coming up, they're thinking, you know, A, I can't afford all that travel stuff. Yep. I just want my kids to be on a team where they can learn something. What would you say to parents these days? You know, um, from when my, the community is around here, at least, each one has some sort of, it's like a tiered kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they have like community ed. So mm-hmm. there is that to a certain age. And then there's like a local soccer club, well, from soccer speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's basketball, I know, in our community called Red Cedar. Red so, Cedar, yep. yep. So you go to all the communities in soccer. You have um, Mason Soccer Club, Okemos Soccer Club. You know, they have these, these kind and of... I know there's a capillary soccer club. Yep. And those things are quite a bit cheaper mm-hmm. than, you know, the club sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would feel like you can start your kids in a community ed program where it's fun. 
they learn basic skills, they learn socialization, you know, motivation, Mm -hmm. you know, being part of a team, getting Mm -hmm. used to other people. And I think that community ed aspect is still really important for little kids. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of can see where you want to go from there if you want to go into those. If they have an interest. Next level. Yeah. Yeah. I just tell people all the time, try the levels first. Try something. Yeah, because if you don't want to put your kid and one thing, but then you put them in a, a in a club sport that's rigorous and scheduled and people are yelling and they want you to, you know, do it this. Gets, it, yeah, it's kind of the crazy train. Yeah. So I think there's tiers and mm-hmm. I would be willing to tell parents, hey, take a look at the community ad, then take okay. a look at the local, you know, the that's local really, clubs. Yeah, that's really good advice. Yep. And then to... And don't give up on it so early. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I can see, I can see it. Um I had a uh, someone that I interviewed, an MSU kinesiology professor, Dr. Jennifer Roth, uh, last spring, and her she has a four year old, I believe, that she put in like a play group, mm-hmm. and um, the instructions came home for the parents that said this is not an indication that your child will be collegiate material or qualify for a scholarship. At four, four years old, <laughs> I was like, "You're kidding me." She goes, "No, no," and. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's why I think the community ed programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we put our kids in sporties for shorties, mm-hmm. um, which is a community ed program in, in Okemos. But we put our kids in community soccer, community basketball. Um, my daughter is a volleyball player, and she's mad at me because I started her really late in, in volleyball. <laughs> I'm like, Rachel, there was like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, so it yeah. was it was very funny. You did the best you could. I tried. You tried. That's all you could say. <laughs> so we pretty much tried all the community ones just to see if they like. And my son didn't. It wasn't a real team sport guy. Mm-hmm. So then he went to another thing, and he's doing martial arts. He's done martial arts for 11 years. Yeah, martial arts are great. Yep. They are. Yep. I think... Just pick something. It doesn't have to be a team sport. It doesn't necessarily have to. It could be individual, but it's so important, especially you being a physical education teacher and myself as a physical therapist, to just get kids moving in something because you're going to be giving them a life skill that they can continue to use and move as an adult. Yep. And you know, there's so much research. I mean, we both know that from Mm -hmm. where we come from about kids moving and you know, productivity and motivation and academic um, skill, academic grades are, are yep. outcomes are greater. Yep. And um, physically, you know, that's another thing when you have healthy kids and, you know, they want to, they feel good about themselves. That's a confidence booster. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I think any activity, and like I said, I have a team sport player. I have a daughter that plays volleyball, and I have a kid that didn't like the team sports, so he went. we found him something else. Mm-hmm. Um, me, myself, I, I write, right now I enjoy bike, bike riding and running, mm-hmm. and so I kind of rotate those activities. I'm a long-distance cycler myself. You are? Yeah. I, I love it. You ever ridden the Dalmac before? Um, no, but I, I did a half Ironman. Okay. And that was, there you go. That was enough. <laughs> I did a mini, a mini triathlon. Yep. A couple of times, but uh, yeah, I can you know, put me on a bike. I can go 50 miles, but to run 13. Yep. How about the swim? I'm weak at the swimming. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the year I did it, they put all the slow people at the end. Oh, okay. And so we had to go to Hawk Hollow. And by the time I got in the water, it was so cloudy. And so I didn't really even know where I was. That kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, it's hard. It's murky water. Yeah, when yeah. you're in open water. Yeah. yeah, the open water's tough. Yeah. If anybody out there is listening, open water, practice in that if you're going to swim in that. Yeah, otherwise stick to the pool. Yep, <laughs> with a <the> line. <laughs> um, so you were also inducted to another Hall of Fame at Albion College, where you went to college, where you did all these amazing things. Um, 
and you were inducted in 2007. And I was reading some of the comments, and I believe it was your softball coach that said, asked you, how do you attribute all this stuff that you accomplished when you were at Albion? The varsity letters, the six-time team All-MIAA awardee, conference MVP your senior year at soccer. Um, Again, the first female athlete in the 108-year history of the Michigan Intercollegiate Athletic Association to be honored with an all-conference award in three sports. Um, Her comment, your comment was hard work. But I want to dive a little deeper than that. I mean, I, I get the hard work part, but what drove you? What when you were in all those sports in high school and all what what was that inner feeling that you had that you just kept going? You know, um, my my parents. I have a brother too, and everyone in, in in my my immediate family was just very driven. Driven, just wanted to you know be good at what they did. My mom, big tennis player. My brother played sports in high school. And we just wanted to be good at what we, you know, we were competitive. <laughs> we were a competitive family, but we wanted to be good. And they instilled some traits in me that mm-hmm. in order to be good at something, in order to keep being on a team, because that's what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. that I had to put in the time and the work. So every time I, I had some free time, you know, it was like, do I go sit on the couch? No, I practice dribbling with basketball or I go out and hit pop flies or I go, you know, it was, it was don't sit down and do nothing, go do something. But you know, even, okay, I'm going to get you on the sports thing, but you were also an academic All-American in soccer and softball, an academic All-American. Yeah, I just... And again, I ask, it's like, just how did she do that? You know, um, the local travel is, when I say local, I mean in-state, is a little bit easier, I think, for a Division three athlete. I think Correct. The, the Division one and two athletes that travel, now the Big Ten... Oh, man, yeah. the distance coast of travel yep, yeah. is going to be hard for those I, kids. I struggle that with some with tennis when I played because we would be Texas, Louisiana, New Mexico, and, Minnesota. And you're missing classes. And we drove. Yeah. Then. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, we we would go out and we'd come back and it would be you'd be tired, but you would. I, I just wanted to be I wanted to do the best I could. I wasn't satisfied with like, hey, I'm just going to skip that or I don't want to do that. I just, I'm very highly motivated. I'm very enthusiastic. I just Mm -hmm. like, I want to get it done. Mm -hmm. And that's just the type of person that I am. So, you know, you're really highly motivated, extremely accomplished because you went to Albion College, which is in Albion, Michigan here. Um, And then you went, graduated from there, magna cum laude, in 1996. I was very proud of that. Yeah, yep. that's amazing. And then went on to get your master's degree at Michigan State University in athletic administration in 2007. Yep. Um, when I, I got hired, I got a job um, for teaching physical education. It was my first job mm-hmm. in Port Huron. Mm-hmm. And I just applied. I didn't know anybody. And I just pretty much went there um, to the school. And it was a great experience. I had a really good mentor, a person who taught me a lot. And the first time she saw me, she said, I know you're going to be coaching my mentor, she said, but we do phys ed first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do phys ed first because that's my job. Right. So I really, that really stuck with me a lot. You know, like what, in what ways? It stuck with me a lot because it wasn't just throw the ball out. 
you know, some of the phys ed teachers that you might see, they could just chuck the ball out right. and be like, hey, go do what you want to do. Ball. Right. And like, I'm going to get by. But we put a lot into teaching kids about physical education. And I really appreciated her forever for that, because now we care about what we do in our job. And then we coach after that. Mm-hmm. And I love coaching and I love the team, but I do my job first. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. So that was fun to be able to be in that situation. It was the first time I had, oh, man, I got to like, you know, I got to do all this. I got to do this. Yeah. 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 But yet I didn't want to give up being on a team. Mm-hmm. So I just went from graduating to then coaching. I coached my first year basketball in the fall because right. it, it was different. in the fall and, and then it's, it's now winter here yep. in Michigan. And then they said, hey, we, we need a volleyball coach. And I was like, I'll coach volleyball. <laughs> and then I was varsity soccer coach at age 22, mm-hmm. maybe I turned 23 by then, but they selected me for varsity soccer coach at Port Huron. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a heck of a year. Oh, yeah. You know, learning and growing and having, you know, teams and programs, but then, you know, learning how I wanted to be in the classroom too. So I'm assuming that you don't hold kids to this high account when you're coaching. What, what do you what's your secret to coaching? Because where do you motivate them? What do you see in them? How do you coach? How do you get those kids to come back and say, I don't like PE, but I loved your class? Yeah, I think we um, we have a really good staff, first of all. I think the people running the programs make a whole world of difference. Like I heard you talk about your tennis coach, mm-hmm. you know, when you were 14 years old. Correct. Man, well, that was a lot of years ago, and you still remember those moments. Absolutely. And I feel like we try to, especially here, we try to form a family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We want everybody to be in our family, and we believe in everyone. And we communicate with people. We communicate with you about playing time, or we communicate with you about how you're doing in school, or we communicate with you about how you're doing, how your family's doing. I think people like so to, you, to connect. Yeah, and you really just try to get to know the kid for all sure. the way around. For sure. That's first and foremost for our program. Mm-hmm. We have, um, you know, five coaches that coach and we all are trying to reach every kid and And I think that is so important because they could be going through a day and just having the worst day in their life and then you connect with them on some little thing they're going to remember that yep or they like you know the ball like hits somebody and everybody laughs or Mm -hmm. the ball hits gets stuck in a bush or you know it's just those little moments where kids can leave behind Mm -hmm. what's happening at home what's happening at school and they can focus on this little family this mason soccer family and i really adore that yeah that's nice so what do you see you know as you've coached how many years now uh, this is my, well, I've been coaching for about 20, 25 years because mm-hmm. I started when I was student teaching. Yeah. And then you're, you've taught school now for 27. Yep. This will be the end of my 27th. So what do you see the kids that when you started coaching and teaching, what their concerns were then to now? I think mental health is a serious thing now that we didn't really see or brushed off maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we... Um, four years ago now, we lost one of our, you know, beloved athletes to a Mm -hmm. car accident. Mm -hmm. Then we hit COVID. Then you hit, you know, other things happening and you, you, it brings out other, like maybe, maybe you can't, you know, score that goal, but let's talk about, you know, we, 
we have other things happening. Right. So I think we've we've altered our coaching style a little bit to maybe if you're having a bad day and we yell at you, you know, what is that going to do for you? So I think we really try, try to, to try to get a feel for the kids like when they come. Like if they just look a little bit off today. So yeah. Like, hey, what's going on with you? Yeah. Or we talk to our leadership people mm-hmm. like, hey, what's happening with her? We've noticed. I think we try to really, that's a lot different than when, I think you and I were younger. I don't, you know, I think we just came to practice. I don't remember, you know, quite interacting as much as I Not feel a, like yeah, I tried. I think it's different. Tried to. Some, you know, I think it depends on the coach, too. Certainly was for me. Um, but I do think kids are pressured more, especially in high school, to achieve, 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 achieve um, at a high level. And I think sometimes that pressure gets to them. You know, the grades, they've got to get the grades to get into this school. There's a push for you know, to them to be competitive, as we said, you know, earlier with club teams and that sort of thing. I think there's a different pressure for kids now. You know, last year I had five seniors. And I think when you asked them when they were younger, like seventh, eighth grade, they would say they wanted to play college soccer. Mm-hmm. They played club soccer all year round, you know, for all those years. None of them played college soccer because they're like, hey, like, we're going to do other things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's great, you guys. No problem. But they were good athletes, good soccer players. One of them was All-State. And she just she went to Michigan State to James Madison, mm-hmm. for instance. Mm-hmm. But I think kids are, are kind of coming to terms with, maybe I'm not going to get a college scholarship. So, hey, what other successful things can we do? Exactly. You know, like sports, school, family, mm-hmm. friends, you know, what, whatever is most or they, important. Or it could be a talent in art, or it could be a talent in music, or it could be, you know, something else that they could pursue. Yeah, my son was in the marching band, and that was a great experience mm-hmm. as a parent. I love the marching band. Me too. I was in the marching band. Oh, you were? What did you play? It. I was in the drum line. All right. Yeah. I, I love it. Loved it. Absolutely but loved it. I had no experience with that. Mm-hmm. You know, all those years I've been playing, you know, sports. I just, I mean, I did a little music in middle school, but all of a sudden my son got into that band and I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> you know, just the way they- <laughs> What did he play? He played trumpet. Okay. But I think it's because it's part of a team. It's a part of something. And You're I, definitely I love part it. of something in the marching band. I love it. I yeah. love how they move together. I love how they like It's create. hard too, because yeah. you have to count and play music and march. Yep. I love it. I love, all, I love everyone that does that marching band. Yeah. It's a <laughs> lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so- Getting, you have two kids. You have a daughter who's a junior in high school at Okemos High School. You got a son who is studying at Michigan State University. Yep. So when you were, you know, when they were at home, when your daughter's still at home and they're in their events, did you, like, really want them to go on to college and play sports? I mean, were you kind of vicariously trying to, you know, wiggle through? Yeah, I can remember, like, you watch your kids do something and you're kind of like, you're so into it. You're leaning to the left, you're leaning to the right, you're standing up, you know, all that kinds of stuff. Or did you know that, hey, I did all this stuff. I'm just going to let them be who they are. You know, um, I coached everything mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. I coached all the community teams. I coached my son in soccer and basketball. My husband, too. He's a basketball coach. So he did he's some a basketball. basketball coach for boys basketball at Okemos High School. Yeah, he's an assistant varsity over there. Mm-hmm. So he coached some. And then my daughter, basketball, soccer. I coached her soccer team in mm-hmm. the Okemos Soccer Club. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about that that middle tier. And I so I, they were like one of my players. So we would have conversations like, hey, hey, I'm going to coach you. So that means like you have to listen to me well and you can't back talk. And, you know, it was like we had set rules. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to do this, but I don't want it to be friction between us. Right. But they were great listeners, great participators, 
tried really hard. I mean, that made it easy for me Mm -hmm. to be in that role. Right. So all these years I've been doing that. Like my mom and dad had when I grew when I grew up. Mm -hmm. You know, they coached sports a lot. So really, I haven't been on the sideline too much. Too much. Because I've been coaching. You know, as a parent, but Mm -hmm. the coaching's been fun. But I I could just see that energy when you talk about coaching. Your eyes just light up. Yeah, I do. I love it. Big smile on her face and eyes light up. She's she's excited. I could see how kids would love to play for you. Yeah. So it's funny. You guys, you'll laugh about this. So my son, you know, we played soccer where the game got really close. And, you know, so there's like, I don't know, five minutes left. So I subbed like this, this best player in and I take my kid off mm-hmm. and I was like, good job, good job. High five. And then my, this other kid like scored a goal and we won the game. And someone's like, hey, you subbed your kid off. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wanted to win the game. <laughs> he did a great job. <laughs> so we were laughing about that, you know, that he, but yeah, it's been fun. And he didn't really love the team sports, like I said. Mm-hmm. So actually, I participated in martial arts with him. I took, oh, nice. Yeah, I, took, wow. I took martial arts for three years. Well, how far did you get up the chain? I am a second degree black belt. Are you really? Yep. Yep. We can add that to the list of accomplishments yep. this woman's done. But it was great because I was, I was watching. And then finally, I was like, why am I just not doing this? Like, <laughs> I'm just sitting in a chair. So it, that's been really fun. We, um, we're out at Victory Martial Arts in Okemos, mm-hmm. and he currently, he transitioned about uh, maybe a year or two ago. Your son? Yep, and he, now he's a, he's a, he's a lead, uh, instructor. An instructor? Yeah, he, so he helps. The, he's got his black belt? He's third degree black belt. Third degree black belt. Yep. Wow. So it's been that's fun. Amazing. Yeah, 11 years there, and um, I, I loved it. Love the people. Mm-hmm. I love the interactions, people working for a purpose, exercising. Exercising, and concentration. It, discipline, 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 too. Yeah, different kind of discipline, because you have to really think and be be prepared. And, yeah. yeah. That's Strategy. Like, and, it's like one of the greatest things, though, right? I didn't know martial arts. I didn't know the marching band. So all of a sudden, I had a child that just didn't love what I loved. And I was like, wait a second, what's happening? <laughs> so, yeah, but, but you joined your, you, yep. I think that maybe that speaks to what you do is you, you greet them where they are. Yep. And that's, it, to me, the theme that comes out when, I, when we're talking about your coaching and your teaching is you greet, greet each kid where they are. Yep. You try to get to know them and what they like and what, how they're doing in school, how they're doing with their family. And, and that's just a, that's a treasure. These kids have a treasure in you. Oh, thank you. It's, it's so fun. Like the personalities, the kids, the people that you get to meet. I just got a text actually while we were sitting here and one of my former soccer players was like, hey, I'm, at, I'm coming to Mason. Can, are you available? But this girl has been graduated, you know, four or five years. So yeah. it's just fun when you, when they come back, when they come back and oh, they, yeah. they want to see you, they want to talk to you. And that's just, that's a big treasure, that's, you know. That's how you know you've been a good coach. Yeah, it's, it's forming community. You yeah. know, you have all these people out there and mm-hmm. it's, it's, been, it's been really, really fun. So do you have goals for you in the future? You know, I, I had a bucket list, like, um, you know, half marathon, marathon. I did one of those. You did both? Uh-huh. You did a marathon and a half? Yep. I've done a few halves. And actually, you'll enjoy this. Um, about eight years ago, we had a, a man that retired from mm-hmm. phys ed. There's three of us. We're, we work, you know, same office, hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, you're retiring. What are we going to do this year? And he said, I think we're going to, our phys ed department's going to run a half marathon. And I was like, what? You know, like <laughs> I, I had never run more than like five miles. Yeah. So we trained and, mm-hmm. you know, all through the, you know, time and we ran it in May at the Lansing 
we, we, we did the half marathon. Oh, the Lansing City Marathon. The Lansing City Marathon. Mm-hmm. And we ran it together. And man, that was a great experience. So something new. Yeah. You just joined the group. Yep. So yeah. so we joined and we ran and all three of us ran. We crossed the finish line holding hands, which oh, is fun. which is legal, but not in track. Exactly. Yeah, you can't yes. do that in track, but you yes. could do it in your, in your old, you know, marathoning days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ran a few half marathons, you know, years ago. I, I still prefer the bike. Uh, yeah, yeah. I prefer running. So yeah. we'd be a good team. I highly recommend the uh, Dalmac if you've not done that. It's the ride from Michigan State Pavilion to the Mackinac Bridge. And um, how, how many miles? 350 miles in five days. Done it nine times. Can I run any? <laughs> I know those hills are pretty long and steep. Yeah. I think I'd rather be on a bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, well, you've listened to a few of the podcasts, so you know that when we come down to the end, I ask all my guests, because the, 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 the podcast is called Do I Need My Racket? And it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor about yourself, and everybody has a different answer. So, Christy. I'm going to ask you, what is your racket? I have heard the podcast and I have really appreciated, you know, everybody's responses. So I have read that. And I think sometimes when my mom carries racket, she carries like a a double racket holder. Mm -hmm. So I think the first racket that I carry is always wanting to be part of a team. Mm. The second the second racket I carry is enthusiasm for sports. Oh, my goodness. I could certainly see that in you for sure. Yep, the so energy I, is amazing. So I got my double racket holder. I'm going to... A I'm double gonna, racket. Yep, I'm going to keep, I'm gonna I keep like that. that. <laughs> I like that. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today. It's been a treat to be here at Mason High School, and I look forward to speaking with you in the future. Thanks, Cindy. After our interview, Christy shared a candid, life-changing moment for her that happened in the early 2000s with her oldest child, Andrew, who was born significantly premature. At five days old, he had to have open-heart surgery with a 50-50 chance of survival. She said, I realized then that sports were really not that important. It's really more about the person, the individual, their uniqueness, their gifts, their talents, rather than any award or honor. Well, teachers are leaving education in droves due to low pay, lack of support, long hours, large class sizes, feeling unappreciated, societal pressures, challenging parents, difficult student behavior. Most leave the profession in under five years. Some states have a higher retirement rate than new teachers available to replace them. In Michigan, the average starting salary for a new teacher is $40,980 per year. The national average for a new teacher is $46,000 per year. Something needs to change. So finding a gem like Christy Hersey, who was taught for over 27 years and coached for 20, is amazing. For her and countless students and athletes, she teaches first about how life goes beyond the court, beyond the field, beyond the classroom, seeing each individual, greeting each individual for who they are and making them feel a part of something. Spend time with her walking the hallway of Mason High School searching for a power cord and you will learn how she did just that. For more information about In Her Name Foundation, visit our website at inhernamefoundation.org. 
Join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our newsletter or make a donation. We look forward to meeting all of you again and sharing our next episode of Inspiration. Until then, see you next time and be prepared to bring your racket.